We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. What is going on, folks? Welcome to another week of Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode, as always, is sponsored by BetOnline.ag. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers, and joining me tonight is my co-host, former NFL defensive back and genuine Arkansas resident, Eric Crocker. How you doing, brother? <laughs> I'm good. You know, no. You know, I always have something to kind of complain about. Dude, I, I've been I was supposed to be renewing my tags and I had a tough <laughs> so I had a tough time renewing them in California because um all the DMVs were shut down. So I come out here and I'm trying to, you know, renew tags and whatnot. And first I get up there and they're like, Oh, you can't you can't renew them because uh you have to go get this thing that they call uh what's it an assessment. You have to go to the courthouse and get an assessment. So you get an assessment done on your vehicle. And then once you get the assessment done, you have to um, you, you go back to DMV. Oh, no, you have to uh, claim it as a, a property tax. So you have to claim your vehicle as a property tax. So you go through that whole thing. So then they're like, okay, now you can go back to the DMV. So I go back to the DMV now, right? 
this may be a couple days later. I go back to the DMV. I, I'm like, okay, I want to re, um, renew my tags. I went to, I got the assessment done, everything you guys told me to do. So I get back and they're like, uh, where's your insurance? So I show them my insurance and they're like, oh, well, you have liability insurance on your vehicle. You have to have a certain type of insurance to be insured in Arkansas because the minimum something. I'm like, what? Like, what is it? So then I go, I get that changed. And then I'm like, okay, I want to get my license as well. They're like, okay, but we're going to need this. Like, it was like, uh, they needed my social and my birth certificate. And it can't be a copy of my birth certificate. It has to be like my real like birth certificate. And I mean, I've just been like, so you call me an official resident of Arkansas, but technically I'm not yet because <laughs> I, haven't able, I haven't been able to complete anything that I've been trying to do. It's really kind of stupid, really, to be honest. You know, it's funny that you say that too, because the last like three days I've spent gathering up all the same documents because my driver's license has been expired for a while. So I've been riding dirty pretty oh, much for dirty. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Now in my defense, what had happened was, is I scheduled an appointment that was like a month out, you know, cause that's how the DMV is in California. Like nothing gets done soon and you can just walk in, but you're asking for just hours of wait. So scheduled an appointment a month out. Um, then I got on to confirm that appointment and it was just not there. Like I'd not done it. Like there was just nothing there and I didn't have anything to say about it. It just wasn't there. So then I had to schedule another appointment and that was another month out. So, oh, like I said, this whole time I'm riding dirty. I'm like, I'm you know, making sure I'm going the speed limit and, <laughs> and which I normally don't do. I mean, I don't drive crazy fast, but nobody goes to speed limit. Come on now. And, um, so then that date gets pretty close and, coronavirus hits and the DMV closes and my appointment gets canceled. And luckily with quarantine, I wasn't driving a whole lot anyways, but then my date finally rolls around and which was just a couple days ago. Wait, it was yesterday. Sorry. They're all blending together. (laughs) And you know, the day before that I'm getting all my documents together and I had to get my genuine social security card, which I had. Um, Luckily I had a couple years ago, I had gone on a cruise and to Mexico. And if you wanted to go out, you know, and step foot off the boat and go to Mexico, you had to have, you had to make sure you had all these forms of identification, um, you know, because technically you're, you're, you know, leaving and entering America, you know, right back and forth. So I had, I had uh, certified birth certificates uh, made. I couldn't find them. It took me hours to find them. And I finally, I get it all together. I go into the, the DMV was awesome because usually that place is just a zoo. There's just people everywhere and it's such a pain in the butt, but since nobody's allowed in there without an appointment, there was like four other people in there. I only had to wait for like five minutes for, you know, a window to open up and I squared it all away and I got my driver's license and it, it, I got my interim driver's license, which is just a piece of paper. And now my, then my real driver's license is supposed to be here in like a week and a half. And, you know, it just feels good to be on the right side of the law again. <laughs> You're not riding dirty anymore. <laughs> you know, I know. The crazy thing, you, you talked about your wait time um, in Arkansas. When I walk into the <laughs> When I walk into the DMV, there is no way. You just walk right up to the window because <laughs> I'm in such a small town. Man, that's incredible, bro. That's I mean, yeah. it sounds like you're going through your own pain in the ass stuff. But at the same time, like the D, if you're from California, and I don't know if it's the same way universally throughout California, or maybe it's just bigger towns, but the DMV is like 
like before you go to the DMV, you have to like pep talk yourself. Like you're in the car, you look at yourself in the review mirror and you're like, all right, you're going to go in here and you're going to get what you need and you're going to get it done quick. And you're going to make sure that you don't let anything stop you. Like you have to, you have to get fired up to go into a California DMV. So it's ridiculous. But anyways, we're, I'm sure you guys didn't come here to hear our DMV stories, but at least, you know, me and Kroger, that's how you know that we're on the same page. Like at the, at like they say in relationships, you're like, we're in sync, man. Like, we like are we're, both handling, we're both handling our DMV business at the same time without even talking about it. So that's, right. that's, that's where <laughs> we're at around. <laughs> that's where we're at around here. Um, but anyways, probably the, probably the biggest news um, to come from the 49ers, I guess, since, since the draft would be uh, Kyle Shanahan's going to be hanging out for a little bit longer. He got a, he had three, he still had three years left on his contract. So he, he was in no way due for, you know, he wasn't expiring by any means. Um, but apparently Jed York liked what Kyle Shanahan had done so much, and he had every right to, that the, the, the two just sat down and worked out a new six-year deal that makes Kyle Shanahan um, a top five paid coach in the NFL. And he will be hanging around, I believe it is, through the 2025 season. So it was six additional years starting this year. Um, so the three years that he had left on his deal, those were just basically thrown away. And he signed an entirely new contract that will keep him around through the 2025 season. Which, I mean, obviously it's it's huge news when when you know for coaches to be kept around like that. Especially when you think about how many coaches around the league constantly get close to their deal and how you have to read about headlines about whether or not they're going to be kept around. I mean, 49ers fans, if obviously if you've been around for a little while, you know, you heard it all with the Harbaugh stuff and, and, and how his contract was unfolding. And, and, you know, as he started to creep towards his deal and how everything started to fall apart and, you know, all that stuff. And, and obviously that was a completely different era, completely different. It feels like a different era, but completely <laughs> different time. And, you know, it just to me, it, it was the least surprising huge news the 49ers have had in a while. Like, I was, you know, when it popped up, Adam Schefter tweeted it. I was like, huh, that makes sense. You know, like, I, I've i talked to a lot of players, obviously, in the locker rooms throughout the season. I play video games with some of them. I have never, and not that, not that anybody would, would outwardly say that, but... I mean, we're talking about even guys that aren't even with the organization anymore that if they wanted to speak badly of Kyle Shanahan could. That being said, I've I've never heard a bad thing said about the guy from a player's perspective. Uh, I mean, like I, I, and it's, like I said, it, it's easy for a player to not speak bad about somebody while they're with the organization. That would be stupid. <laughs> um, but I mean, I've, like I said, I talked to guys who aren't even with the 49ers anymore and they like they've just loved him. Like, you know, your head coach wears Yeezys and he's he's not ignorant. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I, I could probably come up with more eloquent words to describe Kyle Shanahan than than talking about his Yeezys. But, you know, it's just he's he's just from what I knew, he was just universally loved by the players. And obviously he's he's loved by the people above him and ownership because they could not wait to, to lock him up for more time. Um, I don't know. What, what were your thoughts, Croc? I mean. Anything surprise you about that? Nah, yeah. I was just looking at it like, cool. <laughs> you know, like, that. that's what's up. You know, you, when you have a good coach, you kind of just know. And 
I think there's been so much turnover with the 49ers um, and their coaching staff over, you know, since the Harbaugh firing, you know, what was it, four straight years, four different head coaches, right? Or three straight. Yeah, no, because it was Harbaugh, Chip. I mean, Harbaugh, Tom Sula, Chip, and then Shanahan. It was four right. straight years, four different head coaches. And to see, you know, the same coach for three years and now, you know, even extended for, you know, a longer period than that, you know, it looks like he'll be the 49ers coach for, you know, nine straight years, right? That's what it looks like if you, you know, if he plays out the, the, you know, his whole contract. Um, that's cool, man. That's cool. And I think with those years, there's going to be, you know, we've already seen some downs. We've seen some ups. And there might be some seasons that might be a little bit more <laughs> mediocre. But I think at the end of the day, when you have, you know, Shanahan and he's, you know, walking step for step with, you know, Lynch and Peters and those guys, and they have a plan and to kind of see, to know that you're going to have some level of consistency. Um, that's what it looks like, at least. Uh, that's that's exciting. So I, I was excited. And I thought of someone, I don't know if it was Grant Cohn, who was like, the 49ers should lock him up, but they won't. Or it was somebody. I want to say it was Grant Cohn because he's usually stirring those things up. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, it, 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 it was really good to see. Uh, him sign and 49ers just, you know, continue to to commit to him. But now that I, I, I've i seen the questions, and we'll get to the quarterbacks, but now I've seen the questions like, well, what's stopping the 49ers from extending Jimmy Garoppolo? If they believe in him, if they have his back, why have <laughs> right, 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 right. I'm like, oh, God. Right. No, I mean, to me, it's, it's just another small feather in Jed York's cap to him seemingly turning the corner from – maybe what was kind of an immature and inexperienced CEO back during the, you know, the Harbaugh years to somebody who is proactive and, you know, with everything he's done um, in terms of social inequality and how outward he's been about supporting players to include Colin Kaepernick. And now he's, you know, he's, he, he went through the process of, you know, and, and if you remember back before they hired Kyle Shanahan, they they went through a, an exhaustive process to before they got to him, and they waited for him because Kyle Shanahan was in the Super Bowl, so they had to wait an uncomfortably long period of time to to lock up Kyle Shanahan, and you know, it just speaks to kind of Jed York's maturity and 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 realizing that that you know these moves are not always easy to make or. They're not, you're not always guaranteed success, but sometimes you have to take risks and, and stuff like that. And it's, and for him to just, you know, with three whole, like three years, like that's way ahead. Like, you know, a lot of coaches get extended on the final, like right before the final year of their deal, or, you know, if they're, or two, but before the third year, like that's, you know, that just tells you how much those two are gelling together, which is one of the very first and most important ingredients to, building a successful team and maintaining it is just like a cohesive bond from the top down. We're talking all the way from CEO down to head coach and that type of stuff. And obviously to GM and and when players see that it, it permeates into their locker room as well. Like if, if everybody's on the same page together, then you win a lot of football games. And to me, that's like I said, we're talking about the very top here, all the way up to the CEO and ownership. But the fact that the, that Jed York had the forethought to just say, "Okay, I absolutely love what Kyle Shanahan is doing. He took my team to the Super Bowl in his third year. He probably could have gotten close to taking him to the Super Bowl in his second year 
had Jimmy Garoppolo not gotten hurt, you know, and, and he was just like, let's just do it. Let's just get this over with. And it's, it's obviously not a cheap, it's obviously not a cheap deal if it's going to make him a top five head coach, but there's just nothing about it that I even remotely smirked at. Like I think Kyle Shanahan's worth, Kyle Shanahan's worth whatever money you want to pay him. If he would have became the highest paid head coach in the NFL, I probably wouldn't have thought it was that big a deal. Cause you know, it kind of has that quarterback vibes where, okay, this coach is the highest paid. Then now this coach is the highest, you know, that sort of thing. And, you know, so it's just, it, it all made sense to me. And I was just, it's cool. To see. I love Shanahan, man. I love listening to the guy talk. I love watching him work. I love watching the plays. I love watching him on the sideline and to know that the, the team loves him too. And he's going to be sticking around for a while. That's, I mean, that's just a good feeling all around. Yeah. I think an interesting fact was to hear that Kyle Shanahan doesn't have an agent. I think he kind of constructed his own deal. So I think that's Yeah, I know. Him and he probably got with Richard Sherman was like, you know, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure Richard Sherman was pumped to hear that too. I mean, not that players and head coaches are in the same ballpark when it comes to contracts, but, um, you know, that is, that is interesting. But at the same time, I mean, does it surprise you? Kyle Shanahan's like, he seems like he's one of those guys that, is probably kind of like a genius, you know, if he probably took one of those intelligence tests or an IQ test or whatever, uh, he'd probably test like really, really well. He just, he loves football. So that's what he's a genius in. So it wouldn't surprise me if Kyle Shanahan also was really good at negotiating contracts. You know, it's just, it's just the way he is. Some people are just really smart. (laughs) Right. It happens. It happens. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a positive thing, and and I I feel like it's kind of just another step in what has been a really really smart and good off season for the 49ers. and you know it's it's just that simple. Now, there's some more things things to talk about with this, but before we do that, I always wait too long to do it, so I'm going to do it ahead of time this time. I'm going to get a quick word in from our sponsors, Bet Online, before we carry on. Otherwise, it'll be another 15 20 minutes before I do it, and then I'm like behind the curve. So. You guys know that there's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. We are telling you about it every week. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline's leading the way with the best odds and lines for UFC, NASCAR, boxing, soccer. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. If you're looking for something other than sports, Bet Online has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. Bet Online is your online wagering expert. Back to 49ers land. The big and this was this was brought up in addition to Kyle Shanahan's contract extension. The thing that was brought up kind of right away was what what does this mean for John Lynch? Because the two were hired together. Like they were like I don't know if they had identical contracts. I know that they matched in terms of year, but excuse me, but there was definitely, you know, that that kind of attached at the hip vibe when they were both signed. They both wanted to work together. And by all accounts, They've meshed extremely well, other than that one report a long time ago, but that kind of got laughed at, and it doesn't really seem like anything ever materialized of it. 
the John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan seem to be like good friends and they've taken this relationship and turned it into pretty success, pretty successful drafts and obviously a lot of winning and they built a really good roster in a very short period of time. So now that they, the team has gone out of its way to extend Kyle Shanahan there, you, you can, I can guarantee you that there is talk going on behind the scenes um, in regards to John Lynch's contract, because I would say that I mean obviously Kyle Shanahan is the gem. He's he's the he's the brain of the operation, but John Lynch has done just as well. Uh, you know, in terms of his job description, John Lynch has done just as well as Kyle Shanahan in my opinion. Like they've they've both and and again, it's the two of them together. They draft together even, but they both had just in, in, done an in, incredible job in my opinion so you would think that there has to be something going on with John Lynch's contract as well now the question is is his next contract going to going to keep him as a general manager or is it going to take him above and beyond that you know it, it, it it's yeah. just it's just speculation right now but even Matt Barrows who who's one of the more connected guys with the organization um, writes for the athletic he also mentioned that there was talk that a vice president of football operations role could be opened up for John Lynch, thus opening, paving the way for Adam Peters, the lead personnel guy, who's also very well regarded to kind of slide into the GM role. And these would be a lot of, a lot of moves that the team could make without really losing anybody. You know, like John Lynch would still be in the building and he'd still be probably helping out with drafts just as much. You know, Adam Peters would take the GM role and he'd he'd still be doing almost essentially what he was already be doing. And Kyle Shanahan would obviously have his part and you wouldn't risk losing anybody. Like, you know, I'm sure there's there's worry that eventually somebody's going to come calling for Adam Peters. And I'm sure the team wants to get out ahead of that as well. So I don't know, man. Crocker, do you have any other, any other unique thoughts about what do you, I mean, what is your opinion of John Lynch and, and should the team be thinking about doing the same thing with him? Um, I've seen some people um, with the good idea of promoting John Lynch to a higher position and also promoting Peters to a GM position. And that right. way you were able to kind of keep the band together for you know, a longer period of time. So um, I think that's something like, you know, maybe that's in the works or, you know, maybe it's not, you know, I, I don't know. But I, I think that right now it seems, you know, like they have a good thing going. And it felt, it's, it's felt like that the entire time. You know, I th- it, it seemed like they have a really good balance uh, between how they kind of balance different things off of each other. Um I, I I think uh, Kyle respects Shannon. I think Kyle. I mean Kyle respects Kyle respects Lynch. Kyle, he's the guy. He he's the big dog. He's the boss. He's the one that's in charge. But it does seem like that he you know he respects Lynch's opinion enough to kind of you know uh, you know the whole Garoppolo trade. You know obviously that wasn't something that Kyle wanted. He wanted his guy. He wanted Cousins. So. I actually kind of wish maybe somebody would have been in his ear when he had a chance to draft Deshaun Watson or <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. But landing Jimmy Garoppolo has, you know, obviously worked out well, won a lot of games with him. And a lot of I had, you know, 49ers getting him had to do with more of John Lynch, you know, willing to, you know, pull the trigger on that on that trade and, and Shanahan kind of trusting in him. So I think they have a good thing going. I think they have a good balance. 
And, you know, I like them to, you know, keep the, keep the crew together. And even more so than just, like, moves like that, you know, just, you know, the draft picks. And, you know, obviously some have worked, some, you know, some haven't. But they've gotten a lot of high-level guys, uh, whether, you know, later on rounds, undrafted. You know, I think I think Adam Peters has a lot to do with that. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I hope they're able to keep, you know, all those guys. That's the thing I think they're going to they're going to want to do the most. Like we were talking about it's it's just a matter of you know, keeping the like you said, keeping the band together from from all the way to the top to the bottom is it's always going to be what creates success. Now obviously it could be detrimental if the guys you are keeping are not guys that should be kept, but right now there's nothing that any of these three have done. Sure they've missed on some draft picks, but that's normal. Like I've said in previous podcasts, Good general managers are like baseball batters. If you're hitting on picks a third of the time, you are considered a good general manager. That's just the like where it averages out. But you know, the, the, these three together, if you're talking about John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, and Kyle Shanahan and Adam Peters, um, they haven't done anything that would merit any other type of thought other than promotion, other than re-signing, other than keeping everybody around. So. To me, it's it all makes sense, and and like I said earlier, I think the team probably has a sense whether or not teams around the league are going to start looking at Adam Peters, and that's probably somebody who they want to keep around. And the only way they're going to really be able to do that, with because if another team is willing to promote him to a general manager role, the only way they're going to be able to keep Adam Peters around is to is by giving him that role within the building. Um, so. That is always an option. Right now, nothing but speculation. It's just a matter of kind of looking ahead and seeing seeing the obvious. If if Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch were tied at the hip, Kyle Shanahan just got a new six-year deal. There has to be at least something being talked about behind the scenes with John Lynch. I don't think that Jed York would just be like, hey, Kyle, here's your six-year deal, and then kind of look over at John and then walk off. Like, you know, <laughs> it's just not how if we're going to sit here and talk about how Jed York has shown strides of maturity, then his, that would not be his move. So it's, it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds and, and if, if, if when that is and what it is. And so, you know, it's, it's interesting, but another thing moving on kind of along the news cycle is we're getting all these fancy schmancy pictures of the 49ers wide receiver core um, with tight ends involved as well. Um, that are doing their workouts with Jimmy Garoppolo, which obviously right now they would be pretty, I mean, they would feel like they had gotten work in because they would have had the off-season program. Well, there is no off-season program because of COVID-19. So the players are probably, in a sense, kind of having to create their own magic, if you will. So there is workouts going on. I believe they were, they were in San Jose. Now they've moved to Tennessee, which is where a lot of the uh, the players had already been training and already been working. So I, I'm not sure exactly what makes Nashville the place to be. I mean, maybe you know that answer, Croc. I don't know what what makes Nashville the, the 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 hub of these workouts, but that's where they're all at now. And one of the more interesting elements of these workouts, because I guess I mean a quarterback working working with his wide receivers. Even nowadays, it's not necessarily surprising, but the the biggest thing that stood out to me so far is Jalen Hurd. There was plenty of pictures of Jalen Hurd 
also taking part in these workouts, which the last we've heard from Jalen Hurd was, I believe, from John Lynch, basically saying Jalen Hurd had started running and was medically cleared by doctors to begin workouts and, you know, begin training to to pick up work as a wide receiver again. And if you're unaware, Jalen Hurd was the 49ers' third-round pick um, in 2019, correct? I always get the years. It's not not last draft, but the year before that. Um, and he's a former running back from Baylor um, who – was a bit where was Jalen Hurd a running back before he was a wide receiver at Baylor? It was at Tennessee or Tennessee. Texas? Tennessee. Tennessee. Okay. So he was, a, and he was a pretty successful running back at that. This dude's 6'5, 230 pounds. Like that's a big ass running back, but he still did a good job and he, he easily eclipsed a thousand yards. Um, but when he moved to Baylor, he switched over to wide receiver and still got up near a thousand yards. I believe he was just shy, right around 900 yards in his final season as a receiver there. And he injured his back during the preseason after having a two touchdown game against the, against Dallas, he injured his back and it was significant enough to where he didn't take part in the entire season. And, you know, back injuries are finicky. You never really know what you're going to get. And there was a decent amount of uncertainty as to how much Jalen Hurd was going to be able to do, how soon he would be able to do it. Would he be able to come back and be in shape? Now, none of those answers are necessary. None of those questions are necessarily answered, but it is good to see Jalen Hurd taking part in these workouts because to me, and you'll have to add more to this, Croc, to me, the idea of Jalen Hurd, because me and me and Eric Crocker were equally intrigued by Jalen Hurd after they drafted him. We were both talking back and forth on Twitter. This was before the Striking Gold podcast. Um, Immediately, though, like as soon as he was picked, um, I, I think I was on the road to – like Los Angeles or something. So I'm watching stuff on my phone. And I think you must have been watching maybe some of the same stuff as me because, you know, shortly after that, we ended up messaging each other. And we were kind of like really kind of glowing about uh, the potential of this guy and, and kind of how we felt about him. Right. Because my first inclination when they drafted him was like, ah, oh, man, like a, you know, a gadget player that Kyle Shanahan thinks he's smarter than everybody else. And, you know, it's like a project. And while some of that is still true, what we saw when watching Jalen Hurd was actually pretty impressive. Like the dude has a really good feel for routes and change of direction. Obviously, you know, a lot of those skills would translate from running back, you know, and and the, the same type of skills you need to effectively cut and avoid, you know, defenders in spaces, you know, it will help you run routes and, and break away from coverage. But so we were pretty taken back by that. And it was, it was just really disappointing that we, that we didn't get to see him as a rookie other than that strong preseason performance. But I feel like to me, Jalen Hurd is probably one of the scariest X factors in that 49ers receiving core that if he's healthy and if he continues to develop, adding him to what it seems like a pretty respectable offense with some pretty respectable weapons, you know, seeing as Brandon Ayuk develops, like to me, he's the biggest, like, man, if this guy works out and they all work out together, like, holy shish, this could be scary, you know, type of deal. And that's the way I think of Jalen Hurd. And, and if, you know, hopefully that's kind of what, what is in the process of, of maturing is, you know, these photos of him working out are 
or just him being back to 100% and he's with the boys and he's getting his work in and, and he can take that next step. So I don't know, man, what are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, it's good to see him working out really more so for, you know, insurance purposes, you know, with all the doubts that, you know, we all kind of had in our minds. So I think more so than anything, it's, it's, that's the part that I kind of look, you know, forward to and, and whatnot, you know, just seeing him run around and, there were a lot of questions about, you know, his love for the game and, you know, obviously the injury and will that, uh, you know, the impact it would have on him, I guess, basically, you know, kind of mentally. So it's good, man. It's good seeing him out there. It's good seeing him get after it. And, um, you know, there are a lot of ifs surrounding the 49ers receiving core, and I know we'll, we'll, we're going to get to that group. But if, you know, guys all going to camp healthy and ready to go, that's a – that's a that's a very intriguing <laughs> that's a very intriguing room there. Right. And that's the that's the biggest problem with the 49ers receivers right now is you have a couple very known quantities. And like Debo Samuel, you know, pending something just wild that we wouldn't have foreseen. Obviously he had a very involved and very promising rookie season. And you have George Kittle, who obviously who isn't a wide receiver, but he's a pass catcher, and we know what we're getting in him. You have Kendrick Bourne, who's firmly established himself as, as if nothing more, a go-to guy. Like uh, he's reliable. The 49ers can can throw at him if they need to, and he can he can perform in the NFL. And Brandon Ayuk has a ton of promise, but he's a rookie. We have no idea. You know, I, I assume things will go well. You know, that's that's why the 49ers love him so much. But at the same time, you never know with these guys. And, you know, so he's a question mark. And then Trent Taylor, we saw how good he can be. And especially me and Crocker saw how good he can be in training camp before he got hurt. You know, he, he but he's still, he's a question mark. We don't know for sure how, is, how he's going to heal up. And then that's the same with Jalen Hurd. And so, and that's the same with Dante Pettis is, you know, Dante Pettis showed some pretty serious flashes. But, you know, anyways, I don't want to talk about this too much because that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to start. We're going to start tonight with our roster breakdown. Um, with just looking at it position by position. Um, and I, you know, I, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like we shouldn't start this at 30 minutes, but at the same time, the first position we're going to hit on is quarterback. And it's just not that complicated of a talk, you know, yes, Crocker and I will we'll touch on Jimmy Garoppolo and how everybody seems to find new ways to disrespect that guy. Um, but it, the quarterback is, is obviously a very mystery free position unless you just want to dive, dive into the backup. So, we will start that today. Today we're going to touch on quarterbacks, and then next episode, as far as far as I know, um, we'll hit running backs, which obviously there's plenty to talk about there. So every week we'll be breaking down a new position, maybe sometimes two positions, um, just kind of assessing the status of the roster spots, where everybody is, um, what are some of the surprises, what are the competitions, who's fighting for what, and that way by the time training camp hits, which isn't that far off as everything stays on schedule, we'll have a much stronger grasp of the roster and, and kind of what we expect to see. So quarterbacks, I mean, like I said, you have just a brief overview on who you've got on the roster. You have one James Garoppolo. Then behind him, you have Nick Mullins, who seems to have clearly established himself as the primary backup. And then behind him is CJ Beathard. Both CJ Beathard and Nick Mullins have had a ton of, uh, starting experience relative to how long they've been in the league. And then behind them is Brock Rudder from North Central, who's a rookie, uh, just a guy they brought in. I, I'm, I'm, I've not watched him. I don't know. Idea. I've looked at his stats. They're pretty impressive. But, again, he wasn't a 
you know, I don't, I don't even know what division his school was in. So it's, it's just interesting to look at, but so, I mean, Crocker, what are your, what are your first thoughts? Obviously, I guess this whole conversation for the most part revolves around Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Right. Um, you know, I'm happy with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think most fans are. Obviously, it's a hot debate. Um, anytime a quarterback, you know, ends up being either available or I don't even know. It seems like they find every reason to kind of come up with, you know, a topic to bring up Jimmy Garoppolo. Like you said, kind of disrespect him. But um, in all honesty, where how I view Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, I, I think he's a very serviceable winning quarterback. And I feel like obviously you could win with him. Uh, we've seen teams, you know, win, you know, and when I say win with him, Blake Bortles, Bortles was a couple of minutes away from heading to the Super Bowl playing the <laughs> Patriots. So, you know, I don't, I don't want to like make it seem like just anybody can go, but I, I think you are, you are good with him. I, I think his talent level, as far as his, you know, arm strength, uh, mobility, uh, big play capability. I think he depends a little bit more on scheme, which there's no nothing wrong with that. I think he executes it at a fairly high level. I think that he can take it to another level uh, with, you know, another year under his belt and the opportunity to kind of get a little bit more uh, comfortable in the offense. I think last year he spent a lot of time kind of, you know, rehabbing that knee. And I remember early in training camp, you know, you and I were kind of both there and it was just like, you know, or not even training camp. I mean, even after training camp, the the, the Broncos game uh, in the preseason where it was like he was trying not to put weight on it and it was like there were bodies around it. And you could just tell he just wasn't comfortable at all. Well, I think this year he kind of has all that, you know, behind him. And I think now he can really focus more not just on the playbook, but I think now, you know, the more you understand the playbook, the more you can kind of focus on the other things that make quarterbacks good, which is diagnosing defense and really understanding what the defense is doing. So I, I think that part is going to kind of allow him to take his games to the next level. But overall, man, like Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I, I think he's I think he's very solid. Um, he obviously puts up, you know, really good numbers. I think you'll see him cut down on on turnovers. Uh, I don't think he's this elite quarterback. I don't think he's an elite talented quarterback, but he does do some things, a lot of things very well. So, yeah, you know, I, I don't have any issues with him. And, I, and, again, back to, I mean, too much disrespect going on with him. He's a good starting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it, to me it's not something that you need to like. It's not something that, to me, you need to be emotionally attached to. Your opinion of Jimmy Garoppolo should not involve a lot of fire. Like, either way. Like, if you think Jimmy Garoppolo is horrible, you've gone too far. If you think Jimmy Garoppolo is incredible, you've gone too far. Like, he could be both of those things, I guess. I feel like if he were horrible, we would have kind of picked up on that already. But... You know, and, and coaches will always talk good about their players, but Kyle Shanahan, we know what kind of person he is and the things he say, and he usually keeps it pretty real. And, and he even said himself, like he feels like Jimmy Garoppolo has the potential to be one of the greatest quarterbacks 
whether you're talking about in the NFL now or depending on how he worded it, he could have meant like ever. Like he has a very high opinion of what Jimmy Garoppolo is capable of. That being said, it doesn't make Jimmy Garoppolo infallible. It doesn't, it still makes him inexperienced. He's, this is his, is going to be his, basically his third year in the 49ers scheme. He was there for a very short amount of time when he first showed up. Then he spent an entire year, uh, you know, he was with the scheme, but he wasn't playing into it because he tore his ACL. And then last year was his first full season in in this scheme, out on the field, experiencing it, and the 49ers went to the Super Bowl. And 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 Jimmy Garoppolo made some bad throws in the playoffs. He had he had a few of them against the against the Minnesota Vikings that that may have swayed Shanahan's opinion in saying, okay, let's run the ball a lot. But at the same time, we saw how well the 49ers were running the ball, and that to me. The 49ers' entire playoff run last year was never an indictment of Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, it's just smart game planning. Like, if you can, if you're averaging like you know a first down every two runs in the playoffs, then you will be laughed out of the building if you go away from that. And that's kind of, you know, the situation changed it a little bit. But that's kind of what happened towards the end of the Super Bowl. Is is the 49ers were having the same type of success on the ground against the Chiefs. Um, for the most part, and, and they started to kind of get away from it as the game kind of got away from them, which I, I'm assuming as a coach, it's probably hard to do is to to know that either the other team's gaining on you or you're now behind on the scoreboard and time's running out. And, you know, the last thing you want to do is continue to pound the rock. I'm assuming that's a tough spot to be in. But the 49ers run game was working really well against the Chiefs, too. But to me, that was never an indictment of Garoppolo. We've seen the it's just it's amazing how often people talk about Garoppolo and the fact that and they talk about the playoffs and the 49ers run game but then they don't talk about the games throughout the season where the 49ers would have gotten blasted if it wasn't for Garoppolo. They would have lost to the Cardinals twice if it wasn't for Jimmy Garoppolo and they would not have beaten the Saints if it wasn't for Jimmy Garoppolo. And there's probably some other games in there that you could squeeze that in, you know, depending on how you watch the game and, and, and how you judge these throws. Like to me, he's a court like, like Crocker said, he's a quarterback you can win with. And he's a quarterback that, and this seems kind of like an offhanded, like a compliment, but it would be tough to upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo. Like you would be with, you know, you would be taking You would have to have a high, seemingly have to have a high draft pick. You'd have to take a risk on that and getting a quarterback, You'd have to ruffle some feathers. You'd have to hope that quarterback worked out or some miracle, some some big time free agent becomes available. And, you know, and and a lot of people would say, oh, well, that was Tom Brady. Well, at the same time, that that guy's like 42, 43 years old at the very end of his career. So there's some other things that go into that. But to me, that that's my point is that Jimmy Garoppolo is a quarterback that can win you games. And, and yeah, he's had some boneheaded mistakes, but. And, and to me, the other thing that, that I can hear people saying in, in the back of my head right now is I'm, when I say he's not going to lose you games, people are going to say, well, he missed that throw against the Chiefs to, to Emmanuel Sanders. And it's like, dude, really, like your whole opinion is going to be based off one low percentage deep throw, like heaved way. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, he obviously things would be talked about a lot different if he would have hit that throw. But like, that's not the one. Like, that's to me, that's not the one. But. So, I mean, I have just, I just, my opinion of Jimmy Garoppolo is, is he's a, 
like an eight to 12 quarterback. He's not now that contracts have evolved. He's, I don't even know if he's a top 10 paid quarterback. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. He's outside the top 10 as far as what he's making, which to me seems right about where he should be. You know, there's just not a lot going on there that's worth complaining about for me. And, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do with more time in the system. And, and, and again, like we were saying earlier, it's more time in the system where he's healthy and he's not thinking about an ACL and he's just becoming a more mature quarterback and, and a more experienced quarterback. And, you know, it's just there's not a lot of intrigue with the with the 49ers quarterback position. Now you get to Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard, both of which we've seen. I think the general um, and wide ranging opinion is that Nick Mullins is the better option. But the 49ers have kept all three since they've been with the organization. and. I mean, it, it hasn't really it hasn't really harmed them. You know, they haven't needed them other than you know after they haven't needed them after Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt, and they they got to see him both during that season. And Nick Mullins seemed like the better option, but again, the neither quarterback was I don't know like like all that impressive. I guess you could say. I mean, sure, there were times when Nick Mullins made some pretty cool throws, but I mean, if you look at Nick Mullins' stats, he started eight games. The team went three and five. He threw 13 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Like, you know, kind of the basic stats, 2,200 yards. Then you go look at C.J. Beathard, and he has started. He still, Last season, he started five games. The team was 0-5. He threw eight touchdowns and seven interceptions. So, you know, there's just not a lot of a lot to glean from that. I mean, it's they're backups. That's what they do. And I know there, the are, there are things that. I like from, you know, both quarterbacks. Uh, one, with with Mullins, you know, I'm very confident that, you know, in a pinch, if, the you know, say Garoppolo went down and maybe he has to miss a game or two, uh, I think that I, I don't feel like, you know, the 49ers are just like, oh, man, like, well, we just lost these next two games. I think he can win a game or two. Like, I, I think he can, you know, run the offense at an efficient level. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people kind of point to Garoppolo's turnovers, but I think uh, Mullins turned the ball over a little too much. But, um, again, just kind of like Garoppolo, just, you know, another year in the system, uh, something that could help him. And I I think Mullins, yeah, I kind of like – I like him as a functional backup. I think some people try to look at him as, like, this really good – like, this guy could be a starter. I don't think he's that. I think he's a functional backup. Uh, when it comes to C.J. Beathard, <laughs> I, I think I know what Shanahan and those guys seen him and why they struggle to kind of let him go. Um, you know, he probably throws the best deep ball on the team. He's by far the most athletic quarterback that the 49ers have. Um, he's extremely tough. If you look at some of those games early on, he there's some games I know people will point to like his record. And he and he did have some bad games. Like I remember the Cardinals game. I don't know how many times he turned the ball over, but it was just like trash. Like it was terrible. Both Cardinals games in that year. But he battled his butt off against the Chargers. And if it weren't for a ball going off of Selig's hands at the goal line, uh, 49ers probably win that game. He was tough as nails. Um, he battled his butt off against the against the Packers in Lambeau Field on like the biggest stage where he just threw nice ball after nice ball 
He's he's really athletic. I remember in the preseason of I want to say maybe his rookie year, he had like a seventy-eight yard touchdown run against the Chargers. So I right. I get it why they want to, why they keep giving him opportunities. Um, it when it's good, it looks really good. And again, like going back to that Packers game, man, he was going toe toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers, and that wasn't the same kind of defense that the Forty ers have now. Like he had to keep scoring. Uh, and I, I was really impressed with how he performed there and against the uh, Chargers going toe-to-toe with uh, Phillip Rivers. But at the end of the day, man, it's about wins and losses. And he's on five, and he had a couple terrible outings against the Cardinals. And it's kind of hard for people to overlook. But I, I just say all that to say he's more talented than Nick Mullins. But obviously talent's not everything. Man. you got to be able to put – you know, you got to have it upstairs. you got to be able to process things fast and – I don't know if that's what he's missing or he just had bad luck, but uh, it's kind of unfortunate, man. But he's he has talent. He has talent. And it's weird. I know a lot of people, they just hear the name Beathard and it's just like, oh, trash. He, <laughs> you, know, he, you know, he can do – he can – there's something there, but it, it's just not there. write that one down folks there's there's something there but but it's just not there it's just not there so i I get why they kind of like him well and i and i think uh, nick mullins style and way of playing the quarterback position kind of more closely mirrors jimmy garoppolo's like there's those two seem to have a lot more in common in the way they play nick mullins also has a super fast release not a whole lot of arm strength and and that's kind of where Jimmy Garoppolo is, I think Jimmy Garoppolo's got a stronger arm and a faster release, but they're 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 similar. And and you're right, like CJ Beathard's deep ball is crazy. You know, like it, he just seems like he's got a knack for it, and the way he throws it, it's pretty. But it's only one small part of the equation. And and I feel like if you took a a poll around the league, and you know, hey, if if you could have if you could show interest or if you could have either of these two 49ers backup quarterbacks, I think Nick Mullins would be the clear favorite. Um, and I, and Nick Mullins has had some rumored interest um, from other teams. I just feel like the 49ers like him. Um, he's inexpensive. They want to hold on to him because they feel like Crocker feels in a pinch. If maybe, you know, the game, you know, let's say there's a, a half left and, and they need Nick Mullins to come in and just keep the game out of reach. I feel like that's somebody they're confident. They're, they're confident he can do that. And so, and I feel like the 49ers like Nick Mullins more, and they know that other teams are going to like Nick Mullins more, and that's probably why there's been some rumored interest in him. And I don't think the, I think the 49ers are probably have probably priced Nick Mullins high enough to where it, it's most teams are going to be, you know, uh, pushed away by the by the asking price, whether that's a I don't know third round pick, fourth round pick, whatever it is. You're talking about an undrafted quarterback, but but it's an undrafted quarterback that proven he can at least play in the NFL. So, you know, it's interesting. And I, maybe this is the year where one of them goes. You know, maybe this is the year where the 49ers go into the, you know, especially with the talent on this roster climbing and the, bat, the battle for other roster spots coming, you know, becoming more difficult and more hotly contested. Maybe this is a year where they can't feel they don't feel like they can keep three quarterbacks on the roster. And and maybe we see some movement in training camp. One of them goes, one of them is finally cut, you know, near the end of who knows. It's it's all speculation at this point. But 
that's where it is. You have fourth string quarterback Brock Brock Rudder. Um and, and he has some pretty eye-popping stats from college. I mean, he threw for almost 4,600 yards, 56 touchdowns, only five interceptions. But I don't even really know a whole lot about the school he played for, the North Central Cardinals. I don't know where that falls in terms of competition. Probably not. Like, he's just the fourth-string quarterback that the team signed as an undrafted free agent. He's at it. You know, this I don't expect this guy to be like the next Nick Mullins and, you know, earn a spot on the roster and, Stuff like that, but I mean, he's worth mentioning. I don't want to disrespect the guy. Um, there, it's just you know, it's Jimmy Garoppolo, and then who knows what happens behind him. We'll see. Um, but the biggest take to me, though, is is I am looking forward to seeing what Jimmy Garoppolo can do with another year under his belt, and without any, the injury is probably out of his mind at this point. You know, he's not focused on it anymore. He's not. He's not moving like he's, you know, everything's back to normal, I assume, for him. And it's just time to focus on learning probably one of the most difficult, if not the most difficult offenses in the NFL. So we'll see. And I, and I feel like that plays a huge role in it. Like your comfort level within a system is going to determine how well you do everything else and how quickly you do it. So when it comes to reading defenses and becoming accustomed to how defenses react to certain formations and which player is going to go where, you know, now he's moving into that realm. Whereas last year he was probably focused more on himself and making sure he just didn't end up missing a season again. So, you know, I don't know. It's, I mean, there's just not a whole lot of intrigue with the quarterback position, but there's still plenty to talk about when it comes to your opinion with, of one James Garoppolo, but I'm looking forward to it. It'll be interesting. I, I, you know, for now the 49ers can, should just consider some, consider themselves blessed that they don't have to worry about that position when a lot of teams do, you know, that speaking of worrying about quarterbacks, everybody's all hyped up about Tom Brady's Jersey pictures. (laughs) I don't know, man, you get all excited. I mean, I guess Tampa Bay fans would get all excited about that. But I, all those pictures and stuff were posted on social media, and I was like, "They're like, oh!" I was like, "It looks like Tom Brady in a football uniform that just looks a little different." <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I guess you know, it would excite me. You know, uh, if you're a Bucks fan, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm if sure. I were a Bucks fan, because I'm pretty sure there's a lot of excitement, excitement over there. They weren't far. I mean, they were a seven to nine team with a quarterback that threw thirty interceptions. So, well, I mean, dude, think about. The, the, I mean, not that I mean, we're this is obviously not 49ers land anymore, but think about the the talent that is on that offense. That is by far, I mean, if you're going to look at an offense that ever anything like maybe the Randy Moss days, Tom Brady has never had anything close to that. You know what I mean? Like anything close to what he's going to have in Tampa Bay. OJ Howard, Mike Evans, CJ Godwin, um, Rob Gronkowski, who else? I mean, like I guess their running backs are, are kind of whatever, but we're talking about Tom Brady. He's throwing the ball. I'm still kind of high on Rojo. I like Rojo. And yeah, I'm just oh yeah. For him to just well, he kind of, yeah, he kind of came into his own a little bit there towards the end uh, of the season. But yeah, anyways, that's awesome. But I mean, that's pretty much it. Next week, we're going to get into running backs, which there's plenty of talk about with those guys. That's a that's like a very interesting group of players that it should be pretty clear, but you never know. You got any, I mean, is there any, did we miss any, any other 49ers stuff there, Croc? No, I think that's, I think that's about right. 
You think that's it? Okay. I think so too, but you never know. I'm, I miss some things from time to time and I haven't eaten dinner yet. So it's like, is my brain working? <laughs> you know, I got tacos on deck though. So, um, but yeah, I think that cut, that's, that's it for this week. Like probably stuff that you guys didn't necessarily, obviously none of the stuff we had to say about quarterbacks would surprise you guys. You've heard it plenty of times from other people, plenty of times from here, but it's worth mentioning. And, and it's, it's worth talking about because that's what being thorough means. And, that's it for us for another week. I mean, that was a, like always, we're just 50 minutes in a hurry. Um, next week, like I said, we're going to hit running backs. We're going to, and that's fun to talk about. We may get to another position. Maybe we'll get offensive line. Maybe we'll get tight ends. We'll see. I don't know what order we want to do it yet. Um, as always, find us on Twitter, me at Rob underscore louder, L O W D E R. Track down Crocker at Eric underscore Crocker. Tell us you like the pod. Tell us we suck. Tell us what we said that was stupid. Tell us what we said that was smart. You know, if you feel like talking, hit us up. Um, but again, as always, I appreciate you guys. If you're listening to this right now, that means you've tolerated us for 54 minutes exactly. And I appreciate that every week. So we will see you one week from today. But for this week, Striking Gold is signing out. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.